From the Ron McKeefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Martinez talks to us about why approaching coaching with humility and vulnerability can be beneficial, how diving into multiple perspectives can be the best professional development for a coach, and what important questions you should ask when finding the right fit for your next job. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I have yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I am joined by Coach Jason Martinez. He is currently an assistant strength and conditioning coach at East Carolina University. Prior to that, he was an assistant director of sports performance at Wake Forest University. He's also had stops at Lindenwood University, Clemson University, Penn State, and Manhattan College. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Coach, great to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit more about your role at East Carolina? I'd love to. I think this is a very unique role in the sense that I am responsible for men's basketball and women's tennis, but I am actually not under the basketball staff, but I'm under the strength and conditioning staff. So I share an office with them. Um, We're all in the same quarters. um, And that is my director. That is who I answer to. So usually uh, a lot of these basketball strength coaches are kind of alone on an Island. Um, So I think, and I'm very fortunate that I'm actually on an island with other strength coaches. <laughs> so that that's this that's my role I'm in here. Um but yeah, all all responsibilities for performance with men men's basketball and women's tennis. No, definitely. And how do you think that affects how you are as a coach or affects how you interact with the strength staff knowing that you're on the strength staff and not just the the basketball strength coach by themselves? 
Well, it brings perspective to a situation because you know when <laughs> For example, now is the time of year where we assess facilities and we look at what we have and what we don't have um, and what we would like if we can afford it, of course. And and when you look at something like that, I look at it as a situation of, okay, what can I, what can we bring here to the table to not only serve these men, men basketball athletes, but what can we serve that'll help the entire department, right? So now we're looking into, for, for example, I went into the office the other day and I asked my, my boss, Big John, about uh, wedges, squat wedges. And so certain things like that, like, hey, you know, not only can these help our guys um, on the basketball team, but I think this is something that can permeate and help a lot of different programs as well. As well. So that's big. Um, other than that, it's phenomenal in the fact that I constantly get to watch other teams train. And when I was at Wake with Horn, you know, it, it was something that it was like basketball, you know, and, and our ideas came from me and him. And so now I go out, I go out on the floor and, you know, you'll have a team like men's golf or baseball with a different strength coach with, you know, different methods and means of doing things. And I get to see stuff that, Hey, maybe I like that. I, that I hadn't known before, or, Oh yeah, I remember doing that here. And, and you know, I think that'll work as well. So that's the biggest thing is that I constantly get input and feedback from people that are working with different populations, um, as well as, as being around strength coaches with different methods and, and means of doing things as well. Uh, I think that's good to have, you know, that conspe- uh, that perspective, you know, I mean, it's really well overused really, but you know, iron sharpens iron and you being around other strength professionals and seeing what they're doing allows you know, everybody to get better. And, and like you said, it's a, even on the decision-making side of things, you can, you know, it helps the whole department out, not just men's basketball. And I think that's important. And, you know, how does that affect your decision-making? You know, I know what you had with coach Horn at, at Wake Forest when you were, it's just all basketball and, and what's best for the basketball team. How does it affect, how did it, how did going to East Carolina affect your decision-making on like where you wanted to be? Well, first and foremost, it comes down to programming and as well as, um, you know, logistical side of things. I just can't have guys in there whenever I want to get them in there. Uh, we share a weight room. So it ultimately being a part of a team drives a lot of that. So I am part of a team of strength coaches where we have to look out for one another as well, because if I got guys that need to come in after practice, cause coach wants to lift after practice and baseball's in there, I'm going to either have to adjust what I wanted to do that day to fit the room and what's going on. Or that communication piece has to be there to where, Hey, you know, maybe on this Wednesday, can we switch spots to where, you know, my time block is X. Maybe we get some of your guys in here and split some of our guys in here and kind of drive it that way. But I think that's something that, you know, was great for me at Wake Forest. But it's also great for me here is that you are part of a team and you're part of a team that you constantly have to play a role in where find your role on that team. So what I mean by that is, 
my role on the basketball side is performance. I'm responsible for driving performance, creating a situation that success that, you know, promotes success for the basketball athlete on the court. But on my role on the strength and conditioning side of things is totally different, right? I have to play, I have to put on a different hat per se. So how can I be the best staff member on the team, right? Is it, you know, making sure that the internship curriculum is what it needs to be. Is it um, presenting myself in a way that is going to draw attention to other coaches that are on staff? And how do we, you know, like you said, iron sharpens iron. So how can I contribute to making this whole department of strength and conditioning a better department? And when you really look at it that way, that drives a lot of things that you do, right? So, um, I think exposure is big, right? So exposure now, especially with social media and stuff. So making sure that not only what I put out represents me as a professional and my career goals and my mission statement and stuff like that, but ultimately it's got to align with our team of strength and conditioning and our strength and conditioning departments, uh, mission and and goals and morals, because that is who I represent. So it's big. It's being part of something that's bigger than just me and is bigger than the being on just the basketball side. No, I, that's, you know, true, a truer statement, you know, can't be said. I mean, it's, you know, how can you help out? And, and luckily for you, you're, you got two roles, like you said, on the basketball team, your sports performance. So how can you help out what's best for the basketball team? But also you have a big responsibility of how can I help out the strength staff? And I think that's a good thing for a lot of, a lot of coaches to hear being able to, you have to wear multiple hats. You got to be kind of like a chameleon. Like, you know, I have to, you have to do both. It's not typically it's not all one way or the, or the highway. And I think that that's a good thing to have now. Where have you like within this whole process of, of your career? And you've been at a lot of big time you know, universities and, and programs you know, how has the relationship aspect affected how you went about where you continued your career? I think the relationship aspect is what drove the trajectory of my career so far. And what I mean by that is realistically, I evaluated different opportunities based on those relationships. So my first professional experience at Manhattan College, I had a phenomenal relationship with those guys over there that I was interning with. And so when they came to me like, hey, I think, you know, this is something that is going to benefit you throughout your career to go to Clemson and intern. I believed in them and I listened to that. Um, and that's, you know, ultimately what continued to drive each and other, each and every decision. When I was at Clemson, I had a guy there who I was very close to Justin, who was like, Hey, you know, I was at Penn state. I was able to coach a lot there. Um, this is something that I think based on where I see you're at now, this is going to also continue to help you um, and bring things full circle. I went to Lindenwood based on the fact that I looked up to and had a great relationship with the guy I was at with Manhattan College and he and he valued Lindenwood, right? And then when I got to Lindenwood, that's how it created an opportunity to, to 
go intern during the summertime with Coach Horn and Coach AJ over at, at Wake Forest. And when I got there, ultimately, I knew that being around those people were not only going to help me professionally, but more importantly, personally. And so when the time came where I was where I was finishing up that graduate assistantship at Lindenwood, um, it worked out for me that I got to go back to Wake Forest to be with, with, with Horn over there. But I knew if that wasn't going to be the case, what I was going to look for. Um, and that was to work for somebody with, you know, similar attributes in the sense of, you know, personal and professional development and having those alignments of, of values, um, and then once you get into the basketball side of things, we could take it one further. That's how you have to decide, in my opinion, uh, looking for opportunities or not looking for opportunities, right? Like that's an, another big thing. Like it's not always like you're looking to go somewhere, but what's keeping you around as well. And if we want to talk about that, the relationship aspect with the head coach is super important. Um, not only do you have to assess because I think that's funny, right? That, you know, when we look for opportunities or that we're searching out um, opportunities, we interview, right? And we interview and they, they want to find out that we're the right piece, but also on the flip side of things, we should be doing the same thing, asking the right questions, you know, making sure that that coach's moral values and what, and his idea of the vision of his program or her program lines up with what I feel is, is important to me. And those are the things you have to dive into to make sure that you're getting into the right decision. Cause the last thing you want to do is pick a spot just because you feel it's a vertical move or, you know, I've always wanted to work with basketball or football or whatever. So I got to take this position because what's really going to allow you to be a great coach is being around those people that have your back and you have theirs. And that's going to create a situation that you get good at your craft. And then once you get good at your craft, that's going to drive everything else, right? That's going to open up doors. That's going to put you around people that are like-minded. Um, and so it's almost like working backwards, right? Like you don't want to see, you know, I got to get here. So, you know, for in order to me to get here, I got to make these vertical moves. It's more of more or less of how can I get better to ultimately open those doors later on down the road. And if we're talking with the players, relationship is everything, because realistically, you know, it, it's it's all about perspective. Just because we love training and lifting doesn't mean that the player or the athlete loves training and lifting. Right. So. I think it's very hard to get an athlete to do something they don't want to do if you don't have that relationship with them. No, that that's that's well said. And and I've heard it a few times on here is you know, don't chase something vertical just for the sake of what you think it could do. And I know Man, I know what it's like to be in, in, in the younger coach's position. You know, they maybe they're just getting off a GA or an internship and you want to go to that next level to get their respect. But when real, realistically, it's it's not so much about the prestige of it, but you've dialed in a process where it's allowed you to be more of if it's the right fit. Now, when you were at Lindenwood, how many teams did you have? Six, I believe it came down to six. I assisted with two and had four, four of my own. 
Yeah, four of my own, so six total. And and that sounds about right. And how would you recommend these coaches talk to their head coaches? Because I, I know how important that relationship is, and I know how big a deal it can be if it's not done correctly. So, like, when you had – four coaches, or you even said at East Carolina, you have tennis along with basketball. What kind of questions are you asking those head coaches to make sure you guys are all on the same page? And, you know, like you said, you had mentioned, you know, make sure it's morally what you have the same ethics and everything. What kind of questions are you asking to make sure, you know, these, the coach is the strength coach is understanding. It's not all about strength conditioning. It's about the team as a whole and what's right for the team. Yeah. And that's where the conversation starts, right? It's, it's coach, you know, what do you see as the vision for this team or, you know, where are we lacking? Right. Because ultimately we are a professional, we are the professional for the strength and conditioning side of things. So we're, we are expected to adapt and mold our expertise to the situation, but you got to know what the situation is. And that's what the conversation has to start. So let's, let's just put it into a, a, a contextual situation, right? So if I walk into the women's tennis office and I'm, and I'm talking to the head coach and I'm like, coach, um, you know, I, I have had previous tennis experience, but I'm new here. And I want to know what you think are some of the things where you guys have excelled in the past and where you feel like we can get better. Right. And even though I, we as professionals could probably evaluate that team and see, okay, well, we need to work on this, that, and the third it's, not our team <laughs> ultimately, right? It, it, it actually, the key word is our, right? It is our team. So it's not my team. So I need to have their perspective on what they want done because we are support staff. So it is my responsibility to make that work, right? So let's say, you know, she, she thinks, hey, you know, in the past, our girls get tired uh, later on in matches, I think we need to be more conditioned, right? And that could come from a multitude of different things while she, why she feels that way. But it's my responsibility to make sure that I can do everything in my power to fulfill that need in her mind of making sure that we're fresh and ready to go later in matches. On the basketball side of things, coach, you know, what are some things of last season, you know, I could have, you know, we have could have done better to prepare our guys to succeed. Right. And that takes a lot of humility and vulnerability to do. Um, but it's one of those things that you give and you get. So if you approach the situation with humility and vulnerability, I found that you get it back in return. So, hey, you know, I think, you know, we just weren't we just were getting bullied. We weren't strong enough. Um, we weren't tough enough. Right. And, and to me, that that is exactly what I'm here to do. So if he's saying that we weren't strong or tough enough, I can't get defensive and be like, yeah, coach. Well, you know, maybe if we didn't do, you know, this on the basketball court or whatever, like maybe that wouldn't be the case. Like, no, that's not, that's not the conversation. The conversation is okay. This is what his perspective is. Right. So now I got to go back to the drawing board and see how can we improve on this aspect so that this is no longer the perception of our team. 
but it, but that's the conversation. It, it's all about it's all about us always, right? It's it's not about me and what I want to do with the program or what I want to do in the weight room. It's about what can we do to be successful at said sport. No, definitely. I think that's important. And that, that relationship with the, the head sports coach, if you guys are all on the same page, it just makes everything better. It makes a, a very difficult profession like strength and conditioning can be and just allows things to be a little bit uh, a little bit better. Now, how would you go about and it's just mostly because I'm, I'm looking at where you've been and what you've been able to achieve. How would you recommend to another coach reaching out and talking with other strength coaches and other strength coaches at what would be a big time universities. Cause you, you got both, you know, D two and you have power five, you have, you know, you have experience across everywhere. You know, how would you recommend a coach navigate their way through, you know, a very, it's cutthroat. We live in a cut, cutthroat profession. I mean, we've seen it anything, especially last year. It was like, you know, it took a very stable profession and it got turned on its head with everything going on with COVID. So um, it is very cutthroat. And I've seen a lot of coaches have to look, work to get a new, a new position, including yourself there. And how would you recommend uh, maybe a younger coach reach out and talk to you know, uh, in in your case, a place like Coach Horn at Wake Forest when he was there, and, and you know, you went from Clemson, and like you said, I know Manhattan College. They told you Clemson would be a good a good step for you, but it takes a lot of guts to be able to what you would think to reach out to a bigger big time strength coach and then try to work with them. Yeah, it, it it all comes from evaluating your own personal situation, right? And and I think, you know, it doesn't matter the conference, it doesn't matter the division. It it we're going to deal with struggles everywhere we are, right? So when you look at it from that perspective, it's like choose your evil, really, is what I like to say. Right. So what is what is important to you? What can you navigate and what can you manipulate to where you can make the situation is what is what you want it to be right so what i mean by that is this so let's say you have a ton of student loans okay and and that is going to be something that's going to drive stress for you now people say yeah it's hard to find a well-paying job in strength and conditioning and i understand but if that's something that's going to be part of your everyday life and you have bills to pay every month, right? You might have to go look for a situation that allows you to find another source of income. Now, although your passion is strength and conditioning, you can go somewhere, get a job to where it's not your only source of income and still be a great strength coach and fulfill both needs. Needs meaning financially, as well as fulfillment wise, uh, professionally or purpose wise. Um, And so, you got to really do some some deep dive into yourself. What am I really looking for, right? Do I feel like I I I want to be a part of a staff where it's a family atmosphere? Um, if that's important to you, well, some places have that, some places don't. Some places and some coaches value that, and others don't. So that's going to drive that's going to drive some decision making, and that's going to drive who you reach out and who you network with. 
I think it's funny because a, a lot of the people within my network, strength coaches, as well as sport coaches included, rarely do we talk X's and O's, right? We're talking about family. How's your family doing? You know, how's the wife? How's the kids? How's, you know, I heard you had your dog was sick, you know, how's the dog doing? And, and those are the people you want in your corner because those are going to be the people that are going to hold you up when you're down. Right. So it's not necessarily about, okay, he's, he or she's at this place. So I need them in my network because I want to be where they want to, where they are. Like that's part of it. But ultimately like you just want to be around a lot of great strength coaches that are going to drive professional as well as personal, if not more importantly, personal development. And so that's how I would navigate through some of that as a young coach, going back and looking at it. I, I was really fortunate to be around people that put me on like that early on, like, Hey man, like it ain't about chasing those logos. Like, you know, you want to be in the right situation and the logos and the stuff and the, you know, the, the value will come along with it. Right. And, and that was the biggest thing for me is I'm fortunate and, and I realize how fortunate I am to be around great, great strength coaches coming up that have that insight. But a lot of people aren't, oh, or I, I should say sometimes people aren't fortunate to be around coaches that had that sort of insight. Um, and we're all limited by our experience. So that's what I would say. Uh, find people in your corner that, you know, not only think like you, but think the opposite like you, to think the opposite of you to challenge the way you think and do things um, because there was a time and place where I was at, where strength and conditioning was absolutely everything for me. You know, I didn't value the personal side of it as much as I do now. And you need to get checked. <laughs> Sometimes you need to get checked. Like, Hey man, like go home, right? Like to find a hobby, bro. Like <laughs> you can't be here from, from five in the morning till nine at night. Like, what are you really doing? Like, because, because I found out firsthand that this profession can be taken away from you like that. Right. And then what are you left with? And so that's the kind of people you need to be around. So when you're looking to, to find a new spot or you're looking to build relationships or reach out to coaches, do some digging, you know, look on social media, see what they post. Are they posting stuff about, you know, this is the grind and this is, you know, these are all the exercises you need to be doing, or this is what you need to be learning. Or are they posting pictures of their family? Right. Are they posting like, Hey, out on a hike with, you know, me and the fam, uh, you know, so glad that I got this opportunity, right? Like that's somebody I want in my corner. No, that that's, you, you touched on a lot of good things. And I want to ask you this since it's fresh in my, in, in my head, I know you've, you've come from uh, a few places and you yourself are, you know, social media is used as a, as a tool and, and as something to help our profession out. And, uh, and I know of a few coaches that use social media as, as a, as a digital tool to help out our profession. And it could definitely be used as a weapon as, as most strength coaches are pretty aware of with either Twitter and sometimes on Instagram, but you know, how do you go about managing your social media interactions or what you go and go about putting it, putting out there. Cause I know it's a big part of what we do and it's not even the people that have been in our profession a long time are realizing now that 
social media is important. There's some stuff out there is trash, but most of it could be used for good. And it's good. allows us a glimpse into each coach's either personal life or what they got going on in there. So how do you go about managing that, you know, considering, you know, it could be good or bad. Like how, what's your thought on social media and how you manage all that? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's so prominent right now in our, in our profession um, for a multitude of different reasons. But I also think it, it's important right now because we're still, it's still a young profession in my eyes, strength and conditioning. So we still are trying to show people kind of what we do and we're trying to show progression. And I think that's, it's a great way to do it is on social media. Um, you know, and, and it's funny cause I laugh because, you know, to this very day, my, even my own parents struggle telling people what I do, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? They're like, yeah. Oh, uh, Jason is an athletic trainer. He, uh, he, you know, he does all that. And it's like, Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or people ask like, you know, your friends, you know, from back home or whatever, they'll ask, you know, what, it, what is it that you actually do again? You know what I mean? Um, so that social media, I think, is a, is a is a medium to show what we actually do on a day to day basis. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to this: what what I put out on social media is me, right? I use it as a blog, almost as a source of not only not only a way to to express myself, but to also go back and look at where I was three years ago. And, you know, it's good for me to actually utilize that. Like the other day I was going back and looking at like old posts and training videos or, or whatever. And it allows me to see where I was and where I am because let's face it. We put ourselves in a situation and sometimes we get lost in the sauce and we let the situation dictate what we do as opposed to manipulating the situation to get done what, what we really want to get done and what we really value. So sometimes it's good to go back and, and, and look at some of that stuff and be like, man, like I got to get back to doing this, or, you know, I forgot about doing this, or this is, you know, a, a great time in my career where I, where I found value in this little thing, because, you know, that's all I had back then. And so I posted it or tweeted it or whatever. Um, but ultimately I believe that if you really truly put out who you are and what you do and what, what, what you're interested in, that will attract like-minded people, right? Because at the end of the day, for as many people that are going to click that like button, there's going to be just as many people on the backside. They're going to be like, man, this is trash, right? So no matter what you put out. And so if that's going to be the case, if there's going to be people that are going to love it and hate it, you might as well put out what you love. You might as well do what you're good at, right? Like if you're an exercise guy and you're creative and that's somebody or, or girl, and I do that a lot and I, re, and I don't mean to, if you're an exercise professional where, you know, you create, you have a mind that allows you to, you know, deviate from certain exercises and create something that you implement that, you know, is new then cool. Like that, that's probably going to be a lot of your posts. Like, or if you're uh, a culture person, culture coach, right? Quote unquote, culture coach, you know, you're probably going to put out stuff that, that reflects that. Right. And, and I think that the one thing I would advise people who are looking to get more involved on social media is if you're not the exercise coach, don't try to be the exercise coach. Like if you're just in there and your guys or, or girls are training really hard and you want to show love to them, like just put it out there. 
You know what I mean? Hey, this is what we're doing. It might not look sexy, but like it's getting it done. And I'm proud of these girls or guys for working hard. Right. Because that's, that's a new language now too. And I think that's something that we can't bypass when we're, when we're having this conversation about social media is that that's how a lot of our athletes communicate nowadays. Right. Like they look on social media, they're on their phone more than they have face to face conversations. Right. So telling a kid, you know, you're doing a great job in here. I really appreciate it. You know, keep it up. That's going to be important. Yes. And that's going to have a certain value. Yes. But you post a video of that kid working hard. They're going to see that they're going to repost it. They're going to put on their story, whatever. That's also going to drive a lot of validation for them in these, in these young athletes these days. So it's another medium to do that as well. But ultimately to sum it up, just be yourself all the time. Right. So just put, if, if you love something and it strikes well with you, you know, put it out there, express it. And, and that's going to start conversations with people that, that, that resonates with as well. And, and full circle conversation, that's going to start building your network or swaying your network towards certain coaches. We'll be right back. High school coaches, listen here and check this out. If you've always wanted gym wear but never had the budget, we have some big news for you. Gym wear and Flex are now together in one place. The Flex hardware now integrates with Gym Aware's team app and cloud, giving you more data than before. Teams with smaller budgets can access the same technology the professionals use without breaking the bank. Before locking in your next weight room upgrade, be sure to reach out to the team at Gym Aware first. I'm telling you, you can have a cost-effective, accurate VBT technology and Gym Aware right in your weight room. Check them out at gymaware.com. No, I, I think that that's great. And it's a good way. And I, I was talking to a coach just last week and, and they said, use kind of your social media as a digital resume. It's going to be like, this is what Jason's about. This is how he goes about his business. And, and essentially, like you said, it'll attract people that, you know, have the same vibe with as you or have the same priorities as you. And I think that's great. How do you use it? the social media now as like ECU, I'd imagine like if you're trying to like manage everything and you, you know, like, or if you have, I know, I know you have your own personal social media, but if like ECU were to start a ECU sports performance page, or like I know we have our MSU Denver sports performance page. Um, is it kind of what you probably approach it as, you know, grabbing a, a little everybody's perspective and trying to put it all on one. Um, or I think what you might have said is like, Hey, it's a chance to shout out the athletes. Cause that's what they're on. You nailed it on the head. They're on their phones more than they're actually like face-to-face conversation. So um, yeah. Is, is that what you're going for at, at East, East Carolina? Are you trying to um, build out that culture both ways or either like social media or what kind of culture building things are you guys trying to do out there right now? Well, I'm fortunate enough to where the guy that runs things over here at the helm, big John is phenomenal. And, and I got to step into a situation to where a lot of that stuff was set in place. Um, he has put together a staff that is like-minded in the sense that we all have the same, the same goal 
and that's doing what's best for the student athlete, but, but different minded in the sense that we all have a different way of doing it. And I think that it takes a lot of skill and experience to put a staff in uh, a program together like that. So that's all on him. And I couldn't, I couldn't talk more highly about the guy, but when it comes down to overarching, you know, exposure for a department like strength conditioning, let's say for ECU or where you're at. And I think you do a great job of this too. It's, it's showing that there's value in being a part of something bigger than yourself. Right. And I think, you know, that, that attracts interns and stuff and, and, and coaches because coaches now are on their phones too, especially in, in all, all the, all the, you know, the men and women that are involved in basketball will laugh because they'll understand this for whatever reason, that basketball coaches are always on their phone <laughs> for always on their phone. Right. So it's just another way, you know, and not and a lot of times coaches aren't in the weight room. You know, they got stuff to do as well. So it, it could be another medium to do that. Like, hey, we're handling business down here, too. Um, but if you're looking into st- this would just be my my suggestion, of course, that if you were looking into build, you know, social media presence for a department as a whole, I, I would just aim it towards what you want to portray and not what everyone else is doing or or not trying to compete with that, what everyone else is doing, because it's not a competition, right? Like we're not competing what MSU Denver's doing. I'm not trying to compete with, with you guys and trying to keep up with you guys. And I'm not looking at Mississippi state and what Steph's doing and trying to put all that stuff out there. Like we're just doing what we do. Right. And, and that's just what we're trying to show. And, and we're just trying to show that, you know, we got a great group of coaches here that care and love about the student athletes and that, you know, we're doing things the right way. Now, what you know, what, what Big John is doing out there with you guys, what kind of culture is, you know, out there, East Carolina, if I were to walk in, you know, in a year, hopefully we can get traveling a lot more. But if, you know, if I were to head out there and come in and watch one of your workouts, what kind of culture would I see with you and your athletes? And then also with your interactions with the other strength coaches. The first, the first one and the most important one is when you step in to the weight room, you'll have a sense of that. We all love and trust one another. Right. And, and it's a family atmosphere. And, and I think that is driven by the interview process first and foremost. Right. But, but secondly, the fact that we continually prove that to one another every day, right. We, we trust big John trust that we're going to go out there and protect him and his family, because what we do, we're all in each other's pockets, right? So what we do is a direct reflection of him and what he does, whether, you know, he chooses that or not. Like we go out and I, and I train the guys or the girls, that's a straight reflection of what he stands for as well. And so we, and that takes a large amount of trust to bring somebody in because that's, this is how he takes care of his family. Just like this, how I take care of mine and how you take care of yours, how you provide. Right. So there has to be that level of trust. So first and foremost, when you step in the weight room, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see a culture of love and trust. 
Now, when you look into the training session, that's going to be a little bit different. And, and this is actually something that I love talking about because the more I more, and I, like you said, I, I've been exposed to not only a bunch of different places, but a bunch of different coaches. And I always think it's funny how a coach's program or culture always represents what they value in their own training. Right. So if, you know, we got guys who love lifting heavy weights. Okay. And that's what their team is going to do. And they're going to do it really well. They're going to get really freaking strong. They're going to, they're going to have high emphasis on quality strength movements. Right. We have Olympic lifting coaches that, that value and they, they, during their training time, they're doing Olympic lifts. So their teams are going to be the ones that are probably pretty proficient at Olympic lifting. They do it a lot. They do it frequently. They do it well. Um, you know, for me, I'm a pretty high intense dude. (laughs) So I'm very energetic. I get excited. I I love what I do. And I think, you know, that not only permeates through my own training, because I love to train and I love to train hard, but that permeates on what our training sessions look like at Wells, because that's what I value. So they're going to value what you value. It's that old saying, like, we are what we allow kind of deal. But it's the same thing. Like, you are what you're excited about. And so if you step into, you know, coach Lauren's training session, right. With women's basketball, you're going to see a team that, you know, is, is great, great squatters, right. Just, but just thinking, you know, perfect form, clean reps. And then, you know, you could step into a a coach Frank session to where, you know, they're, they're sprinting and their technique is perfect and they're doing their, and they're doing it for, you know, sessions on end and then you come into me and you see in a, a really long warm-up and you know if our guys listen to this sorry but you know that's not going to change get used to it now um but you're going to see a long warm-up and then when we get to work we're getting to work right and we're going you know we're 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 a team with high intent and we're a team that we're sweating the music's going right we got a good vibe we thrive off one another's energy um and so those are the certain things that i think make a place like this special is that i get to see that on a day-to-day basis right and 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 if you were to come visit and when you come visit you get to see if you stick around for the day you'll get exposure to a ton of different training cultures or you'll get you'll get to see a ton of different things um and it's important no, I, I think that's great. And I, I think it's a good thing that you're in an environment that allows you guys to, you know, follow, follow what you value and, and do your own thing as far as programming goes. And cause I, I know some places aren't like that. Sometimes it's the head guy and you're doing the things how I do it. And it's gotta be that way uniform across all strength coaches. So I think that's good. You're in a spot where you're allowed to make it yours. Like you said, you got the value of the love and the trust when it's amongst the coaches and, and the, uh, the head strength coach. But uh, once it's time for you and your athletes to get after it, it's, it's what you value. Uh, how do you, so what do you value in the most right now? What kind of continuing education or professional development are you really diving into right now? To be honest with you, I'm, I'm really big right now to, into perspective. Um, and I consider that continuing education because it, it drives everything. Right. So 
I'm always reaching out to coaches in different situations, dealing with different athletes from different backgrounds. And, you know, even, even here, I'm trying to expose myself to, you know, different conversations with different coaches and admin and, and whatever, because I, I think that we're all limited to it first and foremost. Um, and so for me, the best way to serve the student athlete is to understand the student athlete. And the best way to understand the student athlete is to be exposed or expose myself to a bunch of different situations that brings understanding. So I'm having those conversations. I'm, I'm taking that extra time to, to build relationships. I'm taking that extra time to call coaches. I'm taking that extra time scrolling around, seeing if I see something either on Instagram that I haven't seen before. And I want to know why, or, you know, talking to you, right? Like certain things like that. Um, because uh, there's a lot to be learned from, from hard copies. There's a lot to be learned from, from books and articles and podcasts and, and they're great. But I think, you know, life has its, its, its most powerful way of teaching you lessons. And so for me, it's, it's coaching. It's, you know, I train the GAs on the basketball staff. Right. And they're always like, you should, like, can I train? I'm like, yeah, I'll train you. No problem. Because that's going to drive different perspective. Right. Or, you know, I'm training the coach's son and he's, you know, 18 years old and, you know, he wants to do, he wants to do the military side of things. So learning how to best serve him and that's going to drive different perspective on things. So just trying to put myself in a lot of different situations to where it forces me to be uncomfortable and grab different lessons from those situations. Yeah, that's, that's some powerful stuff. And I, I think that's good for uh, other young, you know, the younger coaches. And when I say younger, it's not age, it's just in the profession, but younger coaches to hear, like through all that professional development, you didn't say one thing, you know, it wasn't triphasic or it wasn't the brick method. It was like a hey, relationships. Cause you, you nailed it on the head is life is the best uh, teacher. And sometimes those are those, those lessons are pretty tough, but you know, if you can talk to other coaches and learn that lesson from them without having to go and get, go through it yourself, I think that's a, a really good thing um, to yeah, have. Yeah, I mean, and we had talked and we had talked about it, right? Like, for example, I am a single dude. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a dog. I don't have a family. I mean, I have my obviously my family, but I don't have my own family in the sense of kids. So I sit in Big John's office and my continuing education for that day is talking to him about that. Like, okay, you know, what's it look like to be in a successful marriage? Or, you know, what are some of the things you deal with problem-wise with like talking to different coaches or talking to co uh, whoever? Like, like I was at a wedding a couple of weekends ago and I was enamored by the fact that like, everybody at that wedding was married. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, but they're all younger than I am. They're all like 22 years old. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, man, I couldn't imagine being married with kids at 22 years old, but like having those conversations, like, how does that look? Like, what is, how do you know, sir? Like, how did you know they were the right one when you met them in third grade? Like, what, what does that feel like? Or what does that look like? Or, you know, coach, I know you got three girls, like, you know, what's it like being able to run a department as well as being an awesome father and an awesome husband? Like, how do you go about doing that? Uh, that's continuing education. It really is. 
coaches. And, and that's going to allow you to be a better coach because when that time comes for me, I'm going to have free game from these guys or girls about how to manage and do that stuff. And so hopefully, you know, you know I'm fortunate to where I'm, I'm around a lot of transparent people who can be honest and be like, hey, these are some of the mistakes I made. You know what I mean? I've I missed, you know, so-and-so's Little League game so many times. And if I could go back, I would change that. Right. Like I, I, I wouldn't be absent for, you know, uh, little Megan soccer game. And so like when it's time where that's where I'm in that situation, well, I want to make sure that I've built myself up to a point to where I'm around a staff that's like, Hey, you got little Megan soccer game. Like, go ahead. You know, it's okay to miss practice today. That's important. Like, and that's going to drive a lot of decision-making because I understand that. Yeah. One day I do want a family and I do want to be an awesome dad and an awesome husband. And so for me to be able to complete that, my career also has to line up with that. So those are some of the things I'm, even though I'm not in that situation, those are some of the things I'm looking for now. Right. So for example, like if I was to go into, to, uh, coach Julie's office, who's the head basketball coach or big John's office be like, Hey, I can't be here today because I got to go, you know, take my son to an AAU tournament. Those are two guys that would fully support that. Right. And that's, that tells me that I'm in a great situation. That's education, man. It's, you can't read that in a book. You won't find it in a book. So that's what I'm big into right now. Just diving into different perspective and learning from different people's situations and struggles. No, that's, uh, that's probably one of the best definitions of professional development I've heard on here. And I think it's, it's good. It's cause it's, I'm glad you have transparent people around you that can let you know, but it's also good for other younger coaches to just know, just ask those questions. Cause like you said, eventually you're going to have to try to help out an athlete or explain it to them. And if you haven't been in that situation, you could be like, well, you know, at least you have the life experience and perspective. They'll be like, look, I've had some in-depth conversations with people that are going through this and, you know, here's the best way I can help you out with it. Um, that's, that's, that's great. Great. Great perspective on, on professional development. Well, it's those it's those conversations with the athlete as well, because ultimately, right, and I won't get into details, but I've been around young men who have made it out of really bad and tough situations, right? And we'll hear this all the time, and, you know, we're all guilty of it, and we always are like, you, you got it. Like, you're not tough. You got to be tough. Like, or don't be soft. Right. Or you're not trying hard or you're not working hard enough or you're not working hard. Like you don't know what hard work is, but when in reality, if you take a zoom out and you look at the kid, right. And you look at where he came from and what he came, came out of. And the fact that he is a, he or she is a student athlete at a university is success in itself. They might be the first person in their whole family to ever get to college and they're getting ready to graduate. And I'm sitting here saying, dude, like you're just not working hard enough. But the fact that that kid continuously stays away from that life he came from and continues to show up alone is hard work. So I'm calling him soft when in reality, I never had to deal with the stuff he had to deal with to get out of that. Right. So how is he soft? 
because he's not doing exactly what I want him to do. Like he'll get there. Yeah, I understand. But you just keep knocking the kid down saying, you're, you're, you know, you're not working hard enough or you need to be tougher. He's going to look at you and be like, you know, he's going to give you the old, the old, you know what, because you don't like, he's going to be like, coach, you don't even know what I've been through. <laughs> I'm not even supposed to be here, man. And you're calling me soft. Like, come on, man. You know what I mean? So there's a better way to reach that kid, but you don't know until you have those conversations. Right. No, no, that's, that's, it's, it's important. I think it's a good thing that you're able to come in here and, and share your thoughts and perspective on, you can tell your the way you built your your philosophy and your careers, you know, perspective and relationships, you know, making sure from the sport coach to people you've worked with and, and even in your athletes is, you know, hey, let me get your perspective on everything and then try to build that relationship on that. And, that, and that's really good advice and, and my uh, another question I always typically ask is you know what's advice that you'd give to the younger coaches and I'm more like the younger coaches they're just getting out of a GA or they're just wrapped up one of their internships and they're in the grind of what we do they're in like the thick of the one of the tougher parts of our profession outside of you know your perspective relationship what's some advice that you would give to those coaches yeah. And, and if you don't mind, I'd like to give two different advices for two different coaches position wise. So if you're a GA and you just step, stepped into an assistant spot somewhere, right. Or wherever, maybe you step into a director role. I won't paint you in that box. Right. So let's say you're getting your first full-time experience. My suggestion for you, because this was what was, you know, told of me and I, and I understand it and I see it now is go get yourself an intern, go get yourself an intern. And it doesn't have to be a perfect intern and, you know, perfect in the sense of like, uh, an experienced intern, right? Maybe this is their first experience. Maybe they're super green, but go get you an intern because that's going to teach you a lot from a managerial standpoint. It's going to allow up some free space for you to be, you know, maybe you're not the setup guy anymore. Maybe you got some, a guy or a girl that's in there that can help you set up and that can free some space for you to dive in a little deeper to, you know, some more logistical uh, aspects of that session that day, or, you know, someone having someone else lean on you for development is a, is a really big responsibility. And so it's, pivotal to start learning how to do that as early as possible. So that would be my advice for someone going into their first full-time experience. Now, my advice for an intern, right, coming in to maybe going into their graduate assistantship or maybe going in from their first internship or their second or whatever you have, I would suggest to mess up as much as possible. And don't be afraid safely, of course. Right. But don't be afraid to be wrong because I truly believe that addition by subtraction is the most powerful lesson to learn. Right. Knowing what doesn't work is better than knowing what does, because there's a lot of things that work. Right. And so if you can eliminate the things that don't work, uh, whether it's coaching cues, whether it's programming style, whether it's, um, logistics of a session, whether it's scheduling, time management, whatever, 
go in there, go in there full force and be wrong because it's okay. I'm wrong now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm wrong all the time, but just have that, have that vulnerability and that humility to be out on an Island and be okay being wrong and being checked for being wrong. That's fine. Like being checked for being wrong is okay. That means that you are no longer going to make that same mistake. Hopefully. But that would be my advice for, for that, for that new upcoming intern. No, I think that's great advice. Yep. Failure is the biggest teacher. And I, I definitely tell my interns that like, don't be afraid to fail. Cause you're going to do it. I always tell them like, it's going to happen every day, but just learn from it, adjust and then keep going. It's just the best way to do it. And I think, uh, uh the advice for the first full-time position is actually I, one I haven't heard of here yet. And I think it's a good idea because you know, what I, I tell my assistant and all my assistants in the past is like, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Like when you're in that captain's chair, like your decisions are a lot, they impact a lot more people than just yourself. So I think it's a good idea to be like, Hey, you get this one intern and you like, you, you'll get an idea of what it's like to make a decision, not entirely for yourself. It's for you and some, somebody that you're hoping to, to develop into a coach. And I think that's some really, really good advice there. Um, if you could pick up the phone and call Jason Martinez from five years ago, what would you tell him? It's all going to be okay. <laughs> and that would be it. I'd pick it up. I'd say that and click. And Jason from five years ago, probably been like, what the hell? But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all going to be okay, man. And, and I'll keep this as neutral as possible. Um, in, in terms of faith or whatever you may have, but I truly believe that, you know, that you'll end up right where you need to be when you need to be there. And, whatever you do, it's not going to make much of a difference in that sense. Like if you work hard, it's going to pay off. If you show up on time, if you do what you're supposed to do, if you take care of the non-negotiables, it's going to pay off. And like, it's all going to be okay. And it's funny and I'll make it quick. Cause I don't want to ramble on, but like, like we're talking about perspective. So the other day I'm standing in this, like this lobby of a, of a hotel and it's got like, it's got uh like artifacts and, and different things and in in quote in close quarters i'm staring at a skeleton of like a prehistoric bear right <laughs> i'm like oh that's pretty cool and i look to my left and and, and there's a uh like a i don't know what is it called like a willy mammoth like like you know like the the horn or whatever it is of like a willy mammoth like pre like ice age like willy mammoth like tusk i guess it's called right or whatever and then i look behind me and there's an asteroid from space and i look to my right and there's like this big crystal that took like millions of years to like formulate at the bottom of the ocean and it like and it kind of blew my mind because i'm looking at all this stuff and it really is like man, it just gives you that, that feeling of like how insignificant some things can be because in the grand scheme of things, like certain things just aren't that big a deal. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like you look at all that stuff and it's like, we're so minute in the grand scheme of things. So I say that to say this, like every day, 
walk in the door with a big smile on your face because you get to do what you love to do and enjoy it. Just enjoy that. Not only do you have another day, but you have another day to do this, you know? And, and, and so that's, that's what I mean when I, when I pick up the phone, I call, call young, young buck Jason that, you know, it's all going to be all right, man. Just hang, just hang out, do what you got to do, man. Enjoy life, enjoy what you're doing. And you're going to end up where you need to end up. Mm. No, that's uh, yep. You nailed it on the head. I, if you can't look at it from, you know, the perspective of, you know, hundreds, thousands, millions of years and be like, look, is it that important that I get in a fight with this person? Like, <laughs> you know it's just, it's not worth it right now. Like there's a lot more going on. So yeah, I'm and, saying, that's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. No, that, I think that's some a great advice. So, you know, what's next for uh, coach Martinez? What's something that you got coming up on strength and conditioning in the next year that you're looking to working on, or you're, you're excited to be, you know, working towards. What's next for me is I got a training session in two hours. <laughs> there you that's go. what's next for me. And I mean it, man. I, that's, that's, that's my motto, man. I'm here. My, I'm right where my feet are. I'm working with who I'm working with. And you know, that's it. If I got, you know, I could have a new guy come in or a new girl come in in the next couple months here with some sort of, you know, experience or condition that I've never seen before. And I got to go learn about it. And, and, you know, that's, what's going to be next, but you don't know till you know, man, I'm, I'm not going to try to, you know, build the bridge until there's a, there's a time where I got to cross it. Yeah, no, for sure. And what's uh, some social media shout out, or if our listeners wanted to follow up with you and, and just see what you got going on or just reach out for any uh, follow up questions, what's the best way to reach you? Anyway, anyway, social media, Twitter, Instagram, email, my emails on the website, DM me, I don't even care if you put my phone number down there, man. I'm all about, I'm all about having conversations with whoever. Um, so the best way to reach me is any way you feel possible. For sure. Now, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you, you know, for coming on the, on, on the podcast. I, I know I've, you know, we've known each other for a little bit and we've seen each other in going out and your career has been something a positive, you know, I guess a breath of fresh air that I've seen from you know, everything going on in strength and conditioning in the last couple of years. So you know, I appreciate you sharing your perspective and everything, because I think it's a unique one that probably needs to be expanded on a little bit more for coaches to, you know, work on, on, on the relationship and, and find perspective over the X's and O's for the most part. So and I appreciate that coach. And, and I think the listeners are going to have a lot to chew on after they listen to this one. Well, I appreciate you, man. And, and I, and I, and I will say this, you're very, very important because you create a platform for people to not only expose themselves, but, to also share what they're passionate about. And I think that's one of the, the great things in life is to, you know, not only be excited about something, but be able to share it. So the fact that you create a platform and that you're carrying out this platform for coaches like myself and, and many, many that came before me to do that. Um, that's, that's amazing coach. So I thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that coach. And we'll be reaching out here soon and, you know, have a good summer and good luck with everything coming up. Awesome, man. Same goes to you. We'll chat soon. Yeah, appreciate that. This episode is brought to you by Play. Play is a company that I've personally been working with from the start. 
Everyone at Play works to help strength coaches innovate and find solutions for our profession. From flooring, weight room equipment, outdoor spaces, and everything in between, Play will collaborate with you to find what you need. They work with everyone from professional teams to high schools, and they've always made me feel important and a part of the Play family. Refuse second best with Play. Find them at play.us and let them know Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 sent you. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.